Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Text from Patrick saying, Hey Staffy, if you guys think Steve Smith is Neil Wagner's bunny, then best think of something else. Patrick from Australia. No, sorry, Ash Burton. Uh, I always thought that bunny was probably a bit harsh, Patrick, but I always thought Wagner troubled Steve Smith. You know how in a series you, you get a player who struggles with a particular bowler? Sam will look it up for me. Um, but I think it's something like that. Um... Staff, when you speak with the Christchurch Base Warrior podcast guy, can you please ask him what his thoughts on the proposed NRL bid from the South Island? And will he be as confused as I will be on who to support from a South Island Warriors fan? Jamie from Monica. I will ask him that. Sam's just getting him up on the line now. I will ask him that. Um, not sure how he can be excited about Super Rugby. The new ad, which is lame, sums up rugby, the game, and its marketing. NRL swamps it. Mac. There you go, Mac. Um, got more rugby texts I'll save them for when the rugby starts uh, the rugby content starts but thank you particularly Ken always love it Ken and someone says hey why don't they get that fella from Otago that ripped through Wellington for 57 I think it was Georgeson uh, that is from that's Jamie and Monica as well yeah Georgeson he got 5 for 11 off 6 something like that absolutely tore them apart I think it's a world record for lowest runs ever in the New Zealand Ford Trophy. 57. Wellington bowled out in 22 overs. Otago knocked it off in 10 overs. They got 60. Good times. But we're going to be talking the mighty one New Zealand Warriors and the NRL in general. And very pleased to have on the host of this Warriors Life podcast. Go and subscribe to it because they feast your ears on all sorts of things. And one of the hosts is Will Evans out of Christchurch. Will, how was your weekend having the Warriors boys in town? Uh, g'day, Steffi. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic, mate. Always great to have some NRL uh, down in our city. And, um, yeah, yesterday was was one of the great days, really, for 
especially for a trial. Um, I don't think I've, I've heard a crowd louder um, here than, than yesterday. It was amazing. It felt like the season was underway, uh, not just the pre-season. Um, they lifted the roof off and um, just a great occasion. It uh, really sets it up for round three. It's incredible to think that a Warriors pre-season game without Sean Johnson and Dylan Walker and Jazz Tavanga and, and all, a whole list of names that would take me the whole show to name, not playing, basically a B-side and Roger Tuivasa Shek sold out a stadium in Christchurch. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, the crowd will be a bit bigger in a few weeks' time with the um, the temporary seating at one end. But uh, yeah, I think Roger's um, appearance or his return had a lot to do with it. And geez, when they read out the lineup before the game, the chair was incredible. Although not far behind in the decibel rating for the local boy Tanner Stowers Smith, uh, what an occasion for him! Nineteen years old and um, and yeah, standing in off the bench um, in front of his fa- friends and family, uh, Horsell Hornets Jr. and um, and he. And he did well yesterday too. So yeah, it was another nice little sidelight to uh, a fantastic afternoon. Where did all the fans come from, Will? Do you think are they general sports fans? Are they Warriors fans that possibly can't get up to Auckland as often as they like? What What do you feel like was the makeup? Oh, look, I think there is a, a good hardcore base of league fans down here. We've got a great rugby league community in Canterbury. Um, so they'll always turn up. You know, we've always got at least 10,000 to a game uh, here, even if the Warriors aren't going so well. Um, and just what, you know, it's just the microcosm of what happened last year. It's, you know, sweat the nation. Uh, there's so many kids there into it. There's so much kid around, and most of it is uh, last year's jerseys and, and this year's jerseys, I would say. Um, and yes, it's just flowed on from last year. I mean, we've got a great crowd for the preseason game here last year when, you know, we didn't really know how, how the year was going to pan out. Just excited to have the footy back down here and top line footy. Uh, but everything that happened last year has just, just flowed on. And um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how much, um, how into it everyone is. I mean, I, you know, the, I feel sorry for the Crusaders. I can't imagine that they're going to get the same crowd or the same atmosphere uh, this week or when they play their first game of the season. You would have gone to that game. Let's go on to the field now. Uh, you would have gone into the game with a few questions in your head. Um, what questions did you take with you? What were you looking for and what did you see? Well, first of all, just really interested to see how Roger Tuivasa-Shek went in a new position. He hasn't played any centre uh, mm. in, in you know, senior rugby league at all. And it looked like he played his whole career there. I thought he was fantastic, uh, really tantalising insight into what we can potentially expect from him. I thought he was great on both sides of the ball. It's incredible for a first hit out. Um, yeah, definitely interested in the halves, um, the halves picture there with obviously three guys fighting for that number six jersey. Uh, probably still pretty murky on that one, but I did think Chanel had some nice touches alongside Roger there that might have just nudged them in front, of, uh, in front. I think Luke Metcalf was a little bit quiet, just sort of went through the motions a wee bit. And the number seven, so I thought that was, um, yeah, that was, that was a good outing for Chanel, even if it was only 40 minutes. Um, and up front as well, Bunty Afoa, uh, I was really keen to see, obviously there's a lot of competition um, in that prop rotation. There's probably not enough room for Bunty and Tom Ale in there. And they both went well, but Bunty was a real standout for me yesterday. High work rate, um, outstanding defence, and um, he put his hand up. Some of those young guys as well. Jacob Laban was fantastic. Obviously, there's a fair bit of hype around uh, him. Leka Halasema as well um, really stood up, and he's you know still very young, so outstanding prospect. But 
uh, yeah, I think a lot of guys took their opportunity. There wasn't too many disappointments out there. Who took ownership of the marshalling of the troops, which is something that Sean Johnson is incredible at, like setting the tempo, calling the plays, deciding which way they're going to do, when they're going to kick, all of that. Was that missed, his guidance? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, you know, it's nowhere near their full-strength team, so it was always going to be a little bit clunky. I think Luke Metcalf steered them around adequately. Um without, you know, standing out too much. And then when he went off, uh, young Luke Hansen, ex-Panthers uh, junior, he um, he took over and he looked pretty sharp as well. Um, yeah, always going to be a little bit difficult um, to, you know, to play the role that Sean does. Um, I think they both did a, a you know, they, they did a passable job, but maybe not, especially for Luke Metcalf, hasn't played in the number seven for quite some time, I imagine, probably since he was um, in Cronulla's New South Wales Cup team. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a tough ask for him, and I think he did a reasonable job, kicked okay, just uh, nothing spectacular. Well, uh, Sammy here, man. Um, the last, uh, I'm going to say 10 years or 11 years, it's been pretty grim. Um, and then last year we had this you know, unprecedented year of, I guess, success, and we saw what that did for Rugby League and for the momentum and the fandom and, you know, sold-out stadiums, etc. And it's great now that there's an extra element added to that, and that is the excitement of the juniors or the youngsters coming through. Now, I think the, not the worry for me, but the question is, how do we now integrate those guys into this team, whether it's this season or over the next couple of seasons, to make sure we keep them? Because the danger for me is that some of these guys are absolute stars already, you know, Kalani going, Ali Leotoa, that a lot of NRL clubs would probably be circling saying, you come to our club, you get a starting spot. How does how do you see that happening over, whether it's this season or over the next couple of seasons, we manage to blood those guys into the NRL without losing them potentially to a club over in Australia? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you know, you become a victim of your own success and, and your own sort of pathways program. And, and as you say, we've now got that all those junior teams that can come right through from sort of 15, 16, right through to first grade now. Uh, I just think, you know, Andrew Webster has to pick the team that's going to go closest to winning the game every week this year because this is a real opportunity to win a premiership. Um, I know that might sound a little bit optimistic, but I genuinely think that they can and they can't be just blooding guys for fear of them, you know, taking up another contract. I think just creating that atmosphere at the club and, and that pathway to eventual first grade with a successful team is um, is probably going to be their greatest asset. And, you know, obviously Andrew Webster's uh, coaching and the, and the rest of the staff is, is going to be... Um, you know, a, a massive draw for these young players to stay in that system where they're comfortable around their families and, you know, hopefully all the good ones stay. Mm. What you're saying is it's our year, which is good to hear. Um, well, <laughs> the, the the thing, the depth is very exciting. Um, we particularly, we're talking about those second rowers, some of the outside backs, um, you know, the locking position. I want to ask you where you think we're still light. I, I have an idea in mind of a couple of positions we're still really light, but I just want to hear from you where you think maybe if X, Y, Z or, or you know, X player goes down, that's perhaps where we're going to get exposed. Oh, look, I think well, if Sean went down, that would be disastrous. I don't quite think we have um, the depth at number seven to, I think, you know, was exposed during the, the finals uh, at Penrith. Mm. Not that that was an easy task for anyone, but... 
Um, I think if Sean goes down, we're probably a little bit light. There's just too much of a gap there. I mean, we've got classy backup halves, but to, you know, to replicate what Sean does is just about impossible with who we've got. And yeah, again, we're just a little bit light. I think uh, would love a another top tier prop. Adam Fanua Blake is obviously a machine, um, and if not after New Corte goes into the into that rotation this year, that could change things up. But it does look like we're still a, a prop light. But in saying that, you know, it's a well-rounded squad. Everyone's got an area where they're a little bit um, light, I guess. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the, the uh, way we're heading in. If Adam and Sean stay fit all year, Tohu, um, yeah, sky's the limit. Yeah. I agree, and it, like I said, it is really exciting having those, uh, particularly those second row, those big boppers coming through. Um, mate, I, I, I'm not going to ask you what you think Webby's going to pick. I want to ask you what Will Evans wants to see your centre pairing for 2024. Uh, look, I'm a massive Ali Laetawa fan. I think he yeah, could be a 10-year warrior. Uh, maybe a little bit disappointed we didn't see a bit more out of him um, yesterday, and yeah, like as far as, as it's almost you don't want to go against what Webby wants to do. It was easy to criticise previous coaches and say, oh, this guy should be instead of this one. You almost just want him to take, you know, it, it, it's amazing what, what uh, Andrew Webster has managed to do to your psyche as a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's true. Seems to, seems to be the P for that uh, <laughs> right centre spot. Obviously, Roger, is, he showed yesterday, he's, he's going to absolutely brain it. Um, at left centre hmm. and yeah, certainly the way that I'd be going it seems a good balance that right side was sensational with uh, Sean and uh, Dallin either side of Rocco last year and I think it'll only get better it's, it's yeah it's a great balance and I think that's the way to go for now it's hard because like you know and this happens in every sport obviously but it's hard because you have genuine you know de- like good first grade NRL players that aren't they're going to miss out because you know this depth that the Warriors now have. What are you happy with Dallin and Montoya still being the still being the wingers, or are you happy to see that switch up a little bit, or how do you feel about that? Oh yeah, like uh, Dallin's that season last year was arguably the greatest ever by a Warriors winger, and I haven't been that high on, on him, high on him in the past. So uh, yeah, I mean he's such an automatic pick. It's not funny. Marcelo, I thought he went really well yesterday. I thought maybe he was. One of the more vulnerable players in the lineup, just because of um, that depth that we've got. You know, there's Leitao can play a fair bit of wing. Adam Pompey, I think, has played some of his best first grade on the wing. Um, you know, Ed Cossey's still in the mix. So, you know, if Montoya's form dropped off a bit, that was, you know, the danger that he could slip out. But I thought he was great yesterday once he uh, finally started getting involved. Um, it's just great to have that depth there, though. I mean, I've, I've been whinging for years about our lack of centre and wing depth, particularly centres. Yeah. You know, now we've sort of three, four guys that are first-grade quality um, that aren't going to be there in round one, not to mention some of those younger guys that went really well yesterday. Again, Moala, Graham, Talfa and and, um, and Patrick Moimoy look like they've got the goods if they were given an opportunity. But, yeah, just uh, a big cue there. Well, uh, a guy sent through a text here, which was pretty much a question I was going to ask you as well, so I'll just read his. He's probably done a better job of it as me. Uh, Keen to hear what your best bench make-up is. I'd like to see Chanel in 14 and Walker in 17, leaving two spots for two big fours, which means Jazz misses out. It's tough, but I don't think you can have Chanel, Dylan and Jazz as it's just too small a bench. Um, I, I definitely get that. 
rationale. Um, I'm not, I think I'm talking to, we had Slade Griffin on the podcast yesterday and, and talking to, to Andrew Webster the, the summer before, it's probably not so much about size, it's about, you know, what they produce on the field. And if Jazz is um, doing the job out there, then, you know, it, he's he's worth putting in there in front of a guy that's 100, you know, putting in a 110 kilo guy for the sake of him being 110 kilos. Um, I think at the moment, yeah, if it's Chanel that does get that 14, if he's not in the halves, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'd like to see. And for me, Dylan Walker's an automatic selection. I'd have Jazz there. And then, um, yeah, that last bench spot is sort of open for, for a member of the prop rotation. But, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with, with the three of those, I guess, so-called smaller guys um, being on the bench together. Yeah, I know Webby spoke about that um, last year, how, and particularly from that, what, like 20 to, or like sort of 20, 30-minute point to sort of 60-minute mark, you get those guys coming on with the energy they bring, and it can really um, put a punch through the other team, you know, wear them down a little bit. Um, well, in terms of the, the rest of the uh, NRL, you probably have watched a couple of the other trial games too. Uh, we know the NRL each year, I'm going to say at least, is good for at least... Uh, two big surprises in the form of one team making the top eight that definitely shouldn't be and one team dropping out of the eight that definitely shouldn't. Uh, who do you think that might be in 2024? Manly. Oh, big call. Um, yeah, obviously we saw massive turnover last year with the Eels, uh, Cowboys and Rabbitohs all dropping out. Um, yeah, I've got too many. I've got a bit of um, turnover with probably South sneaking back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Dolphins are a bit of a smoky for me. Um, but worried about their house, but I, I think they've got a, a genuine opportunity to, to sneak into the bottom half of that eight. Um, I think the Sharks will miss out. I yep. just, yeah, I, I'm not too... I just think, yeah, that, that flat, flat track bully status was really cemented last year. They got absolutely lapped by anyone that was half decent in the second half of the season. And... I don't know. It just seems like that there's very little uh, turnover in the, the squad, and it looks just a touch stale to me. Maybe that they're just waiting for Adam Fanua Blake to to turn up and um, empower them, sort of towards the top. But yeah, I didn't like what I saw from them last year, and I think they'll finish around tenth, eleventh. Yeah, two, that's two seasons now. I think where they haven't beat or like I know last season, uh, last season they didn't beat anyone in the top eight, like or anyone above them. And I think that's nearly two years in a row that that's happened. So I'm with you on that. I think the Raiders as well are going to be. You know they've had high turnover, um, and and I called them um, ladder. F- I said it was the biggest ladder fraud ever committed last year when they found themselves on the side <laughs> of the top four. I don't know how that happened, but um, I think they'll drop down uh, as well too. Staff, you had one more, did you? One more, and it's a good one. I I was reading it out as Sammy was ringing up, so the, all of our listener base have heard this question except for you. So I'm going to read it again. When you speak to the Christchurch Base Warrior podcast guy, can you please ask him what his thoughts on the proposed NRL bid from the South? Islanders and will he be as confused as I will be as to who to support from a South Island Warriors fan that's Jamie and Wanaka um, well, to answer the the uh, second question first I'll definitely be confused uh, <laughs> uh, it will be I, I don't want to think about that um, for now I mean you know the heart wants what it wants and I'll let that decide at the end of the day but as far as my thoughts on the bid, I think, you know, there's a lot going for it. I've, um, I've had a, a, a good long chat with the with a few of the guys that are involved. I've got some, you know, great ideas. I've got some massive pluses behind it, some big announcements coming up. 
Um, and you know the time. The time is right for it, I think. You know, new stadium down here. Uh, the game's booming. Rugby's struggling a bit. And, um, yeah, I know the PNG bit is, is the favourite um, on the back of the Australian government uh, funding. But, yeah, if they can get the money side of it right and the investment side of it right, I don't see why it couldn't succeed. And also, really, you know, I know it's a smaller market um, and there's the idea that the Warriors it could sort of hurt what the Warriors are doing and, and the Warriors haven't been, you know, flying again for that long, but I can really see um, an awesome rivalry developing and, and them sort of feeding off each other. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I hope it happens and, um, yeah, I'm we'll go from there. Brilliant. Well, always good chatting to you. I can hear the excitement in your voice building, particularly on a, I, even though it was a loss to Wests, we only had 12 players for for 60 minutes and it was their best team and it was far from our best team. So onwards and ups, upwards, uh, big year from the Warriors coming. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on.